This is Charger Rundown, an update on all things Hillsdale College Athletics, with your host, Kat Torres. Welcome to Charger Rundown. My name's Kat Torres, reporting all things Charger sports for this week. In this winter season, it's all about basketball and track. Later on, you'll hear from Victoria Wickman of the women's track team, as well as Harrison Diego of the men's basketball team. Hillsdale Chargers basketball. The men's basketball team earned its first win over Ashland in three years in a devastating fashion before a big crowd at Down Pivots Potter Arena. The 80-55 victory was important as the Chargers continue to claw into the GLIAC playoff race. The team is now 11-11 overall and 7-9 in the GLIAC, while the Eagles fell to 14-8 on the season. Hillsdale was on fire from the three-point range in the first half, going 10 for 15 as a team and building a 19-point lead on Ashland, 49 to 30. The team shot 63% from the field overall in the half and got contributions from players all over the roster. Four players made two or more three-pointers in that first half, providing optimal offensive balance for Hillsdale. Sophomore Harrison Diego and senior Rhett Smith each drained three three-point shots while Nate Nevue and Sedman Lowry each hit two as Hillsdale ran its offense at near-peak efficiency. The Chargers' 49 first-half points came on just 30 field goal attempts. In the second half, Hillsdale made just one three-pointer, but they went 13 for 24 from the floor overall. Hillsdale held a 29-13 edge in bench scoring, led by 15 from Diego and 12 by sophomore center Nick Zarnowski. This was Zarnowski's sixth straight game, scoring in double figures. Smith led Hillsdale with 17 points, going 6-for-8 from the field. Nevue scored 15 and had 4 rebounds, 6 assists, and 4 steals, and Lowry added 10. Defensively, Hillsdale held Ashland to a 38% shooting from the game and did a great job of guarding the Eagles without fouling. Ashland attempted just, Ashland attempted just 5 free throws in the game. The Chargers forced 18 Ashland turnovers while committing just 8 of their own. That led to an 18-3 scoring advantage in points off turnovers for Hillsdale, one of its biggest margins of the season in that category. Up next, Hillsdale heads to Canton, Ohio to face Walsh University Thursday night. The women's basketball team played number one Ashland University dead even through the second half of their Gleep matchup Saturday afternoon. But unfortunately for the Chargers, the Eagles already had built a big first half lead en route to their 24th consecutive victory, 102-82. Ashland remained perfect on the season. The Chargers are now 12-11 overall and 6-10 in the GLIAC. The Eagles scored 29 points in each of the first two quarters of the game, building a 58-38 lead by halftime. The 82, the 82 points scored by Hillsdale were the most allowed by Ashland in a GLIAC game and the second most the Eagles have yielded in any game since the season started. The teams played to a 44-44 draw in the second half, and the Chargers held a 26-22 scoring edge in the fourth quarter. The Eagles shot 53% in the first half and built their lead while holding the Chargers to a 33% shooting in the second quarter, a stanza won by Ashland 29-17. Ashland was plus 9 on the boards and went 20-24 for 24 from the free throw line. Both teams had 79 field goal attempts in the game, a strong reflection of the high pace it was played at. Five players scored in double figures for Hillsdale, led by Allie DeWire's 20 points. She did a good job of getting into the interior of the Eagle defense and shot 8 for 14 from the floor. Junior center Allie Dittmer had 14 points, 7 rebounds, and 2 blocked shots. Senior Morgan Blair tossed in 11, and sophomore Brittany Gray came off the bench to score 10 points along with 4 steals and 3 rebounds. Up next, Hillsdale will take on Walsh University on Thursday night. Hillsdale Chargers track and field. 
Featuring powerhouse programs like Lincoln and Grand Valley State, the Hillsdale Wide Track Classic was hosted this weekend by the Hillsdale College Char Charters Track and Field Program. The Charters not only battled against some of the strongest programs in the country, but they did very well against that competition. On the men's side, three veterans rose to the top of the Chargers. Junior Colby Clark continued his great indoor season by winning the 200-meter dash in 22.27 seconds. On Saturday, Clark ran the anchor leg of the second-place 4x400-meter relay team, being joined by Lane White, Taya Chimendi, and Tanner Schwanicki, who recorded a time of 319.69. Veteran distance runner Caleb Gatchel, already an All-American in his career, took first overall in the 800 with a provisional mark, which will allow him to get into nationals, with a time of 153.99. Another former All-American pole vaulter, Jared Shipper, won his event by clearing five meters. National level competition is nothing new to Clark, Shipper, or Gatchel, and all three figure to be seeing this kind of competition again next month at nationals. Sergio San Jose Lorza, picked up two top five finishes for the Chargers, placing fifth in the 60 with a 6.93 and second to Clark in the 200. Joey Humes, the GLIAC men's cross-country freshman of the year, took third in the mile with a 4.13.33, a solid NCAA provisional mark for him. Both relay teams finished second amidst a terrific group of teams. The distance medley relays team time of 10.02.15 was put together by freshman Nick Feeney and Nate Eldridge, along with Tanner Schwanicki and Caleb Gatchel. Echemendi took third in the triple jump, earning a Provo mark with his leap of 14.64 meters. Eli Poth took fourth in the 3,000 meter run, coming very close to breaking the nine minute mark. Playing host to some incredibly talented competition at the Wide Track Classic, on the women's side, the Chargers distance medley relay team finished where it's used to finishing, right there in first. The DMR is an event that rewards teams with talent spread among both distance and sprinting events. The group of Molly Orne, Fiona Shea, Hannah Watts, and Hannah McIntyre burned up the track to the tune of a time of 11.54.32, a new wide track classic record. The team won its event by a whopping 14 seconds over the second place Bellarmine. On Saturday, Hannah McIntyre outdistanced the competition in the mile run, taking first with a time of 4.56.22. Orne wasn't far behind, taking third with a 4.59.8. Both times were NCAA provisional marks. Victoria Wichman continued her strong indoor season with a win in the 400-meter dash, earning a Provo mark with her time of 56.86 seconds. Another noteworthy performance was turned in by senior Alexandra Whitford, who achieved a personal best height in the pole vault, clearing 3.85 meters. That mark was good for second place and was an NCAA Provo height. The throws combo of Rachel Tulsma and Dana Newell again made their mark in the weight throw. Tulsma won a closely contested event, taking first with a throw of 18.35 meters. Newell was just .03 meters behind, placing third. Two promising freshmen also ran extremely well in the 3,000 meter run on Friday night. Addison Rouch took third overall with a time of 10.47.5. And rookie teammate Emily Southgate took sixth in the event, giving Hillsdale much to look forward to with its strong crop of distance runners. I sat down with basketball player Harrison Yego to get his take on the must-win game against Ashland on Saturday. Ashland's an awesome team, and we knew that we were taking every game as a must-win coming down the stretch. We really want to make the GLIAC tournament, and it didn't matter who we were playing this weekend. We came in with the mentality that this was a must-win, and uh, uh, we came out very focused, ready to go, and I feel like it showed on Saturday. 
So you have ha- your season has been kind of up and down with like some really great wins with, with some heartbreaks as well. Knowing that it's kind of coming down to crunch time here, does that add a lot of pressure and how do you guys handle that? You know what? It, the season has had a bunch of ups and downs, but um, through my time in Indiana, one thing I really learned is that winning is a process. It doesn't just happen overnight. You have to take your bumps and bruises to learn how to win as a team and each team's different so coming down the stretch I feel like we're taking our past games past heartbreaks even past uh, successes and applying them on the court and uh, hopefully it turns out into a, a nice little winning streak for us definitely so for you personally what was kind of going through your head before the game as well as during when you had such a great day yeah no I just wanted to be focused uh, from the opening tip, wanted to come in, do whatever I could to help the team win, and, uh, and just go from there. Take what the defense gives me and uh, just help the team win. So did you enjoy yourself out there? Oh, absolutely. Love. I enjoy myself every time I get on the court. So um, I, every game is the best game for me, and uh, I'm really enjoying my time. So what are some personal goals you have, no matter what the outcome is before the season ends? Yeah, you know, personal goals are more – actually ended up being team goals where I just want to win bottom line no matter if I scored zero points or however many points it is 100% is the team win so making the GLIAC tournament is number one if we could win a couple games get into the NCAA tournament or even just win the GLIAC that would be awesome so that those are my personal goals are more team goals. Do you think for you that having that kind of external mindset of having it be about the team and and the guys do you think that that's caused success for you? Yeah, I think that on this team we have a guy, a bunch of guys that feel the exact same way. And so I think that is crucial to a team that wants to win. If you got guys that have different agendas or uh, priorities on the court, it's never good. So I think our team having that kind of mindset is, is huge for us. How do you think you've meshed with this team coming from Indiana? Has that, been, has that process been good? It's been awesome. It has been a smooth and flawless transition. The coaches, Coach Tharp, Pritzel, Schwani, have been awesome. And even more importantly, the guys have been um, incredible, um, welcoming me to this team, making me feel like I belong here. And it makes the basketball side of it a lot easier when off the court. You really enjoy the guys you're around. So I was talking to Sedman a couple weeks ago about um, how he was having such a great game with his three-point shots. And he was saying that he kind of – it becomes muscle memory at that point, and it's totally a mental game. So when he's on, it's definitely about kind of where he's at mentally. Do you feel the same way, or how do you how do you feel about that? Because that's kind of you had a similar game in that yeah. sense. You were really hot this past. Week. Yeah, definitely. It, that's kind of how it works. Is you shoot so many times in practice that uh, after a while, it just becomes second nature. And if you're really locked in and you, you see one go through the rim, it's a lot easier to see two, three, and four go through the rim. So. That is a shooter's mindset is shoot till you get hot and shoot to stay hot. And so that's kind of the mindset I take. And if I can get a couple of them to go, then it's really muscle memory. And uh, I just feel locked in, ready to go. Well, thank you so much. Best of luck going forward. No, thanks. I appreciate it. That was basketball player Harrison Diego on his three-point skills during game time. I also talked with Tori Wickman of the track and field team about having a home field advantage. Competing at home is definitely an advantage because we just get to wake up and go to the track rather than spending three hours or more sitting 
on a van or a bus waiting to go to the restroom (laughs) and then finally getting to a meet. It's just more comfortable, I think, for everyone to just walk over to the beer men and everything be at place for us. So some runners look at heat sheets and they want to see the performance lists and and things like that. Um, Do you feel yourself doing that ever or getting caught up in that? Or how do you separate that mentally before a race to just focus on what you're doing and running in your lane and just focusing on PRing and running against yourself? I don't really look at the people in my heat when I look at performance sheets. I'm just interested in what lane I'm in and how I'm going to handle being on an inside lane or being on an outside lane. And I do that more um, to visualize my race because I think visualization um, is important if you want to perform well. You got to visualize yourself winning if you want to win. This is Charger Rundown. My name is Kat Torres. I'm here with Tori Wickman. We are talking about track and field and her great performance at the Wide Track Invite this past weekend. So you have had such an interesting journey since coming to Hillsdale with some injuries. And I was talking to you a little bit earlier before this, this indoor season kind of got underway and you were a little nervous about how um, you might have perform you might be performing going forward but you know Gleax is next weekend and you've been provoing and winning your races on that short amount of time how have you grown um, in your mentality I think more than anything it was a growth in faith I just had to continually sit in the unknown of not knowing if I was ever going to have a decent track career again but I had to trust God that everything was going to be the way it was supposed to be. Um, And I had to be patient with my recovery and just trust him that even if things didn't fall into place, even if I wasn't the best on the track, that there were still ways to glorify him by being a good teammate and um, by being a good athlete for my coach, et cetera. So with Gleax being at Finley next weekend, what are your personal goals? I would really like to win the 400. And I am really bad at making concrete goals because I just try and stay thankful that, because after the compartment syndrome surgery, I didn't even know if I was going to be able to run or if I was going to recover the way I was that the way I wanted to. So with making goals, I just try and go into the meet and have a mindset that I am grateful no matter what the result. Um, But I would love to win the 400 and I would love to just score a lot of points um, for my team and just be able to help the four by 400 relay, get on the podium, and be high on the podium, um, and let three other three other girls ex- have that experience as well. Explain quickly um, what compartment syndrome is and kind of what the, the surgery is for that and the recovery. So compartment syndrome is when your fascia, which is what holds your muscle in place, doesn't expand with your muscle. So then nerves get pinched and you don't get good blood flow to um, the places that it's supposed to go, um, which can result in amputation amputation and 
crazy other things. So um, what they do is they go in and they release the compartment and they uh, like spread open the fascia, I think. I didn't really look too much into it. That was just another thing of like trusting God and just I had a really good surgeon and trusting that the surgeon knew what he was going to do. And the recovery was about four months. And that seemed like a very long time. (laughs) It seemed much longer than four months. Well, Tori, I hope you have a wonderful Gleax indoors. And I'm just so impressed that you're doing as well as you are with like given all of this like crazy injury that you just found out you had and you just recovered as quickly as you did. So best of luck going forward. Thank you. That was Spinner for Hillsdale Track and Field, Tori Wickman on her recovery from compartment syndrome and her great performances this season. That's all we have for you this week. Thanks for listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. My name's Kat Torres and this is Charger Rundown. We'll catch up with you guys next week, but until then, go Chargers. Charger Rundown with Kat Torres will return next week right here on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM.